Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this bonus episode of Film Tank, myself and Nick Cheney discuss the new Gaspar Noé film, which is Climax. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back into Film Tank. And uh, as we've done some in the past, but uh, not as much frequently, but today we are going to be doing a bonus episode. Uh, just myself and Nick. Uh, this has routinely been where our bonus episodes have ended up. Yeah. Talking about um, random offbeat films that, that just me and you have gotten together and chatted about true so and also too he's claimed that he's not going to say anything but we <laughs> uh are recording this the same uh same session that we recorded the captain marvel episode so our friend dan who happens to be here but has not seen the film true claims he will not be adding anything but we're gonna see about that if you hear another <laughs> voice that's who it is that may be dan brooks <laughs> joining in just putting that out there it could happen so, so uh, we just wanted to chat a little bit about this particular film, mostly because, um, first of all, I have never seen a Gaspar Noé film before. Neither had Nick, I, actually. You had not, and now you've seen this and <laughs> the film he's probably most uh, known yes. for, which is a film called Irreversible. Correct. Which, did you watch that one? I did. Which uh, is known uh, famously for a, and I've never seen it. But apparently an extraordinarily awful rape scene. A 10-minute uh, unbroken long take of a very brutal and quote-unquote realistic rape scene, yes. Yeah. So we won't necessarily get much into that, but it probably you can't really think about if you don't know anything about Gaspar Noé. That's probably the first thing that comes to most people's minds, I would guess. Yes. Yeah. So this film that we are actually discussing, which uh, is out in a limited capacity in theaters right now and probably won't be really anywhere that mainstream audiences could see it. <laughs> Although that be fun? And not, not that mainstream audiences will watch this as it'll be on HBO because it probably won't be, but this is a film that seems like it's got a shot to be in something like the Criterion Collection or something like that. Yeah, I can see that. I, I don't know if it will it's be. It's definitely but, uh, for people who are seeking it out only. Could be. Yeah, so Gaspar Noé is definitely somewhat in the provocateur-type filmmaker as uh, somebody like we've spent time talking about um, previously. Why am I dropping Lars Von Trier? Trier. Uh, Very much making these kind of films or... um, the, the film Salo, which, Nick, you've brought up many times. Uh, yeah, Pier Paolo Pasolini. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a, what people call transgressive cinema. Cinema that is, in some ways, made, I wouldn't say solely, but primarily to shock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, Noé and... Um, Who is this? <laughs> where is the voice coming from? Um, but uh, also um, Martyrs. 
And uh, yes. high, high tension, they're all yes. referred to as being part of what one critic called it the new French, French extremity. extremity. Yes, and so in a way, it's part of that. Uh, there is it is striking how many French filmmakers in the same small period of time made these like extremely extreme <laughs> films. Yes, you know? I would agree. And actually, Martyrs is a great example, uh, and I fucking love that movie. It's so. true. You told me you actually got me almost convinced to watch it. And I you was should. not planning on it. But <laughs> I may someday. I you should. So this film centers around French dancers who they who gather in a remote, empty school to rehearse on a wintry night. However, the all-night celebration of the end of their gathering morphs into a hallucinatory nightmare when they learn that their sangria has been laced with LSD. That's a bummer. (laughs) So the cast of this film is actually very large. I think there's about roughly 25 to 30 performers. And really, they get very... I mean, it, it varies a little bit. But there is really equal screen time yeah, between was, all of the performers here. That was here. pretty impressive. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, however, there is one actor in here who most people probably have heard of, and that is Sofia Botella, who plays the main character in this film. Her character's name is Selva. Yep. You would know her uh, as the girl who is missing the bottom halves of her legs from the uh, the first Kingsman. But she's been picking up in other things. She played the main mummy in uh, the terrible Tom Cruise mummy <laughs> film. And uh, probably her best performance was, was in... was Cara Delevingne. Or yeah. she in that movie? Uh, Cara Delevingne was the uh, one in uh, Suicide Squad who was... Uh, that could be. Egyptian well, I remember she was in that. Oh, I think anyway. just thinking... I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But can, sorry. Um, but Sofia Botella's best performances probably have come more recently um, as she plays... Uh, an interesting character in Star Trek Beyond. Yep. Uh, fantastic makeup done with her. She's in that the film. white alien, yep. right? I don't mean white. I mean like pale white. That's literally what she looks <laughs> like, like because he's Gap painted white. Yep. Yes. Uh, and I actually really enjoyed her performance in Atomic Blonde yeah. too. She had a nice supporting role to play off of Charlize Theron a little bit in that yeah, film. They, they played off of each other. Oh boy, hey. howdy. boy, how did they play off each other? Mm-hmm. Zing. So this is a very. Those dames got moxie. I'm sorry. Go on. No, no, no. You're okay. <laughs> Uh, so this we is, warned the audience this would happen. Yeah. So this is a very interesting film. And all, in all honesty, this is the kind of film that would be set up for me to not like. I was surprised. I know. And I was going to say, I actually quite enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, mostly because I feel like this film delivers on the premise that it sets up. And a lot of times I feel like films don't land for me because they go off in a different direction and they want to tell a different story, which... It's totally fine because films do not have to be made for what I want to see. But at the same time, this is a film that says, we're going to poison everybody with LSD and we're going to show you what happens. And I'm just like, sure, are you actually going to? And it's like, yeah. It doesn't have loftier ambitions than its uh, sales pitch, so to speak. Which I think is actually But at the same time, fucked up shit happens in this film and it delivers on that. But at the same time, it feels like this actually is happening. Yeah. Like oh, it's, it's not like, oh, look at this fantastical lights. It's it never like, no. feels exaggerated, which is weird because some of the worst shit imaginable uh, does occur. Yeah. Wow. So that being said, um, we went and I, I think I suggested this knowing that I had seen a post that you had about being interested in Gaspar Noé and specifically in this film. Yeah. But also I had kind of – it's funny because this is one of the first films – 
um, that I, I read the plot line, but also the poster drew me into this. And it was the specific blocking of the poster. And I will say that going back and looking at it, and this is definitely one of the best posters I think that's been made, specifically because not just the look, but also the end game of this poster, which is fantastic, is you see not every single character that's in this film, but a good majority of them in the poster. And every single uh, shot of, of that character that is in the poster is the last frame that we see of them in the film, and it's pretty fucking fantastic. Oh, I think I've seen I a different poster then. Okay. Are you talking about... Well, we'll talk about that after. That's fine. Specifically, but, 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 it, but it, it is it is pretty awesome yeah, that that's, that's how great. it ends up. This film, though, it, is it okay if I just kind of start... Oh, yeah, go. Just kind of blabbing here. Do it. Um, this film... Actually, the best part of it happens before the LSD happens. This film has a fucking awesome dance number at the very beginning, and it is just fantastic. And I'm not necessarily saying that because of the actual dancing, although I think that is quite good. But just the action and the blocking that had to happen, and not not because I've made films before, but I've watched lots of them, and I do know about... You know, the difficulties of having cameras come in and out of scenes. Um, the fact that this happens in a scene that continuously goes on for about 11 minutes is absolutely fucking phenomenal. Um, the fact that the camera is a character through this that moves in and out of all these different, just extremely elaborate dance numbers happening and turns and tilts and does complete 360s uh, in the, the type of blocking that had to happen to have this work out the way it did. Um, it was filmmaking mastery, in my opinion. Yeah. And this is before the main pull <laughs> to get you to watch the film right. happens. Um, but I think it does a fabulous job in this beginning part showing the actual reasoning for why these people were here and the goal for why they wanted to get together with these specific people. And then you, you see the, the opposite, just terrible horribleness happen uh, when the realization comes in that they've all been poisoned with LSD. Um, that was awesome. The opening, uh, sort of not scene, but the opening sort of testimonials that happen yeah. on old videotape, um, is probably will be best noted on, on a rewatch because oh, yeah. they kind of made no sense when you're watching it for the first time. Um, so I'll save all my opinions for the most action of the film, which is everything that happens after the realization that they've been poisoned and there's really no coming back from this. Um, but I will say this film sets up this premise and it fucking delivers. <laughs> and uh, there is, is really the, the, the cinematography here is freaking brilliant. The blocking through the different scenes and the decision to have a sort of L-shaped set where you're going from the one main room around a hallway into yep. another hallway and then coming back and forth and having mm -hmm. the same trip around the same area um, also was just fantastic. And the um, the sheer amount of characters here is is honestly just incredible that it flows as well as it does. And obviously characters are more important than others. But we also see just this great flow between all these characters happen, even though when shit goes bad, it goes bad really fast for a lot of people. Um, but but this is just a really very interesting film and a really well-made film, I thought. Um, and and just a wonderful work by, by Gaspar Noe. And I, I was just 
blown away by how well put together this was for such a fucking crazy nightmare fest. I'd agree. I I was super excited to see this because I never actually sat down to watch a Gaspar Noe film. So I was excited the fact that the first time I was going to experience his kind of brand of shock is in a theater where I couldn't escape. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you 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 can put on Irreversible now at home, but you can pause it if it gets to be too much. Or even if you're just, quote unquote, not in the mood. You're going to, like, if I sit down in something in the theater, it doesn't matter if I'm no longer in the mood. I'm going to watch it to the credits. And it, at home, you just don't get that kind of uh, commitment, uh, even when it's you who's making the decision. Mm-hmm. So I was I was pretty blown away because I'd always read a lot about him, so I kind of knew what to expect from the uh, POV shaky cam to the uh, gosh kind of uh, intertitles to the pretentiousness of and he did it in this film, uh, of rolling the end credits in the beginning instead of uh, having any at the end. Yeah, I I really actually thought that worked okay here, although he did also do the uh, title sequence in the middle of the film, which I thought was stupid. Yeah, I mean, that was... And that's the thing. He's a French... He's inspired by the French New Wave, but certainly more of a progenitor of the French uh, New Extremity. So he's kind sure. of... This definitely felt like him aping Godard. Yeah, I was going to say that's a very Godardian yes. idea to put the credits in the middle. <laughs> yes, and, and so that is kind of interesting. Uh, I'll say this. So I had kind of told Alex that the, the credit scene in the beginning, like rolling your end credits in reverse, like he did that for Irreversible, and it makes and now I've seen that movie even though I hadn't at the time. But and that makes perfect sense because that film is literally told in reverse. So yeah. like just as a thematic and stylistic, you know, wankery, it you how are you gonna argue with that? Yeah, I mean thematically it's right in there. Yeah. In this movie, there's no thematic reason in my opinion to do it. However, I kind of uh, kind of vocalize what I why I thought it actually worked in this, which is that when this movie ends, you want to walk out of a theater. You know, like as much as like any movie you see, there's always that kind of like, well, I'm just going to sit here while the credits roll. I'm kind of glad I was not afforded that opportunity <laughs> because I was done with it. And I say that as someone who enjoyed it, sure. uh, or I should say enjoyed uh, the craft and technical filmmaking here. But... There is something very uh, apropos about the fact that the, by the time the final shot rolls around, we then are treated to the A24 logo, and that's it. You know, it is time to go. So as a theatrical exhibition, I thought that was a pretty genius uh, uh, move, so to speak. I have to say, I, I do kind of miss, uh, It was I think it was around like 1969, 70, you started seeing uh, long, longer credits where they were crediting everybody, yes. not just the main cast, and they were actually crediting the crew. There is something about those movies where it would just end, and it would be like, you know, like... Well, the thing the is, they did it all the where beginning. It's like, bam, you know, it's yes. like, da, 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 literally the end, and you're like... Phew. Wow. So you talk about you going back to like the good old days where they had someone just literally holding cards that set the credits. <laughs> well, yes, there was that's that the too. thing. It's not so much that we're changing who we give credit to. Obviously, we are giving more credit. But in general, you used to put that in the beginning because people were still on board for the movie, whereas sure. they knew that people didn't want to sit through it after a movie ended, which we're kind of still in that boat, even, even though we still do that today. True. Um, but as a film, though, I thought this was just pretty great um i now that i've seen two of his works I, I wouldn't quite put it on the thematic wavelength of something like irreversible which is just as shocking but also i feel like has genuine characters in it because it's only about 
three people, if not only really two, uh, in that movie. Uh, but for what this movie does, it's kind of stupendous that it works, and it works for a hundred minutes. It, uh, it's an ensemble piece that, as you described, Alex, uh, sprawls across about 20 or so players, and while obviously you don't get to know them as people, you do get to wallow in their arcs and and that's pretty uh amazing that it works as well as it does everybody has these uh kind of introductions in the vignette opening where everybody's being interviewed and as you call the testimonials because that's what it is like they're 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 giving these kind of sound bites uh and and even if you know it's going to be important it's too hard to catalog uh the first time you watch this movie because you're just you're meeting 20 or so players and Mm -hmm. to to really so a rewatch will certainly help that but even beyond that opening um uh, just past the opening dance sequence, you're also treated to a good 10 to 15 minutes of what I would call the downtime before the LSD starts even kicking in, where everybody is just talking to one another. And what I think is... That's, gr- a, that's a great sequence. By that the way. is. And what I love about that sequence is that compared to the entire rest of the film the camera is stationary and it is just cutting from conversation. To you conversation. also get a second dance sequence that you actually thought was fantastic. I did. Um, where everybody keeps joining. It, it almost reminds you of like a wedding dance sequence where like some stupid song starts playing. And then like everybody who's on the dance floor and not at the bar just fucking eats up and they're calling uncle John to yeah. get, you know, get in the middle, even though uncle John doesn't want to, whatever, but <laughs> everybody gets their moment to shine uh, as they keep uh, interchanging the dance. Uh, and most of it, or if not the entire thing, is shot um, from an aerial point of view. Uh-huh. And as I said to Alex, like there are moves that you can see on dance, like competition shows or at a performance, where it looks technically crazy and proficient, but also they are dancing sometimes when they get onto the floor on a uh, horizontal axis that we do not get to truly see. Wow. And I thought it was interesting that because Gaspar Noe puts the camera up there, that transforms. Totally different per- perspective. Yeah, that enti- oh, yeah. You get to see the artistry and, and the mastery and whatnot. So I, I thought that entire sequence was great. So um, if we're cool jumping into the LSD portion yeah. of this film, which is the main portion of what we're seeing on, on screen... Um, I guess the first thing I'll mention before we get to that really quickly, since you yes. already mentioned the sort of period where they are drinking the sangria yes. and it is doing its wonders <laughs> on them. Um, we get uh, we get some extraordinarily horrible masculine uh, oh, conversations yes. happening between the gentlemen in this the group. The worst kind of toxic masculinity. Oh my goodness! And only like, focused on the subject of sex. And and only focused on people saying repeatedly, "Well, she said she does it, but I know she really wants it." Yeah. And oh god. Yeah. 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 Especially two individuals in particular will oh, not talking stop about discussing... how they want it. They want anal sex, and they yes. want and and. You just have to fucking do it. The phrase stick it in is said maybe a dozen times at least. Probably followed by laughter. Yes. Um, And that's, yeah. The scary part about that is just that the way we're viewing it and whatnot, like that is actually the kind of conversation that happened when two horrible people get off on their own corner of the party, you know, and that 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I've definitely been privy to conversation. I mean, even just, <laughs> I thought you were going to say been party to. I've it. been part of that. Con- <laughs> no, I mean, I know what they're talking about. Yeah, I know what yeah. I, I. I instigated the conversation. High fives all around. Oh yeah. We were like, yeah, no, but I, I, I definitely have been, I mean, certainly like cases where, you know, you're at a bar and you go into a washroom and you start hearing oh, guys and you're like, oh, yeah, you guys this felt the like the washroom conversations shit. were happening on the damn floor and almost everybody was hit. Now, I, some people were having it in lesser, shall we say, um, I don't know, intensity, right. but like everybody was having those kind of conversation mm. and it just keeps cross cutting between them. Um, uh, I had a couple quick questions. Is, yeah, uh, yeah. is this film in English? Uh, uh, no, it's a French, French yeah. language okay. film, and a couple characters speak English. Okay, so that's like a maybe ten percent of the film. Yeah, because I believe up to this time they're all they've all been French. They have, or, yeah, or, I, you know his first two films just really fast uh, deal really extensively with toxic masculinity, um, and uh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean that's kind of one of his long term projects. I think. Well, as a and filmmaker. as someone as I've now just seen Irreversible, what's notable about that film is the fact that everybody calls it the rape film and whatnot, and yet what that movie is more about is the boyfriend who may have inadvertently caused it, yeah. and then after the act, the rage he feels and the entitlement he uh, has uh, in uh, correcting that mistake, so to speak, and the revenge he wants. And it's like, I think it's actually pointed, but that movie is not about the Monica Bellucci's character. Mm -hmm. And I also think that's the point, which is that how males somehow seep into every aspect of a woman's journey, whether they're the cause or they're the quote unquote protector and the avenger. And it's, it's it's, fucking awful. It's, it's always about them. It's like, you know, maybe it's not about you, dude, but you're right. I mean, the revenge thing and that, I, that theme of, um, a guy, feeling like in order to protect his manhood and protect his his girl's honor that's not something you see in a lot of movies and that was pretty brave there's only one other movie i've seen in it was an american indie movie called desolation angels which was basically this guy gets obsessed with somebody anonymously who raped his girlfriend and i don't even remember if it was something well before they started going out but it really transforms him i mean not for the better yeah, yeah. so it kind of warps him i guess yeah. you would say so so, yes. getting into the LSD portion of this film, <laughs> um, there are a few images that, that uh, I will always probably remember from this film. Uh, Sofia Botella, when she is going through just a like cascade of different emotions, when she's pleasuring herself, then she feels trapped in her fishnet stockings as she cannot get out. And she's walking down while escaping that, and then she slides against the wall, almost like an exorcism is happening and starts having sex with the wall. Well, and I think it's very uh, telling that when we watch the v- the video visionettes of the testimonials, next to the TV there are VHS, and mm. you can see the side panels of them mm. and what movies they are. And one of them is Andrew Bajalski's Possession, which mm. her performance really? reminded me of Isabel and Johnny's performance in the subway of that mm. film. Wow. And I, I would, um, I would, yeah, absolutely see that. Other films noted in that little tower of great movies it's is Suspiria. Suspiria, Argento's, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. No um, uh, Salo, or The 120 Days of oh, Sodom. Is that, is that actually? Yep. Uh, Lucio Fulci's uh, Zombie. Oh, yeah. And um, a few others. And then that there, I were, there were also texts there as well. There was, there? and I couldn't yeah. quite read those because they were slightly smaller. Yeah. What have spines, but yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, get, getting to the part of this film, which is probably um, maybe aside from uh, 
maybe aside from the from the kind of ending message of this, probably uh, the most I don't know what the best word is surprising, and it, um, I don't want to say that it's cheating, but it kind of is. But when you get children involved anytime, like you're just playing with fire, and this film does it, and mm-hmm. it's actually. Um, it's actually probably the best way on both accounts where you yeah. could actually do it and have it not it has be its cake and eats it. It does. And it's and actually then it shits it out. It's it's actually not real I mean it's, it, it it is distasteful but it's not like So so this is really probably the most tasteful way you could do something like what they do in this film and still have it be just fucking awful. Oh yeah. But the idea that there is a child and at this at this event that's going on that is one of the main people who's running it it's her child um and the fact that we see in the background that he starts drinking the sangria so I love he is that now... it takes about 40 minutes before the camera actually goes up to him to uh. show but he's he so basically the the mother put him to bed before the party started as if Noe is really trying to goad you into thinking that all is okay. I mean, in the background of the party scene when everybody's really drinking and it's starting to get a little whatever, you can see him walk down the stairs, and I'm talking in the background, not just like like yeah. pointedly, no, oh, no, no, that's some, the focus. Someone like, who's a very uh, smart foreign filmmaker is now like, look, there he is! Yes, and he walks down the stairs kind of chills for a second, sees the sangria, which he was told earlier that he's not allowed to drink, and he's a fucking child, so of course he's going to. And then he starts drinking it for a good couple of minutes before oh. anyone notices. The opening scene when great. she puts him to bed, by the way, is actually probably one of the more heartbreaking scenes of the film in retrospect, <laughs> yeah. because it is a very loving scene and a yep. very like happy scene, although it is then followed up by people talking about having abortions, True, which is... Ah, yeah. Uh, and then she talks about how that was a mistake. Her mm. having a child after oh yeah, that's a, that's yep. a, that's quite a that's quite a reach around right there. Yeah. So for <laughs> and so for anyone listening at home, if you are interested because you don't want to watch the movie, which is understandable, mm-hmm. the culmination of that storyline is that so after everybody's been drugged, including the mother, and she finds that the kid is drinking. Oh, this. and by the way, oh, yes, the two people who have not been drugged. Uh, everyone wants to kill them. Yes, and they suffer a horrible fate. Yes, because <laughs> no one else can believe that because they didn't drink, uh, that they, they the had nothing to it. do with it, and ah. they both suffer horrible, horrible fates uh, because of that. Horrible, um, horrible, like Theon Greyjoy. Horrible. I mean, uh, close enough. I so mean, the, 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 the enough, other, the second true. person uh, is the other child involved in this. Oh lord! Yes, there's two children. <laughs> Sorry. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, but you, you, you know where I was going, with it, right, Nick? Yeah, 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 yeah. The first one is completely just sent away and thrown out in the snow, and uh, the only other time we see him is seeing him frozen to death. Like, uh, Which is the actually the, the first scene of the entire film. Mm-mm. No, it's the uh, it's the other one who freezes to death. Oh, she leaves to try to escape because she believes she's escaping, and then we see uh, her death. I get it. Never mind. Yep. Okay, yeah. Anyways, but that's fine. But yeah. The idea, just really fast, the idea was that the LSD was not permanent, right? It was just, I mean, like, no, they, but they could the, have written an, it out if they had just... Well, know. but they were under the influence. And of course, the point course. is it's one bad night type yeah, thing. And, and, yeah, the pro- and the problem is, and the, and the, the one of the most interesting parts of this film 
is that it is all these people who all have succumbed to this at the exact same time, mm. and there is is no escape. And we see how they are before they're affected, and they're not the greatest people in the world <laughs> anyway. So, and they're um, all basically. I mean, for lack of a better word, they're locked in. You know, like the locked in episode right. of, a, of a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Stuck, no, it you know, all whatever. takes place in that night and okay. everything. Okay, very nice. So the the plot line with the child then becomes this, which is that the mother decides that because she's high and because the kid's obviously going to be fucked up, mm-hmm. uh, the only good way to deal with this is to lock him in the only room that she can find that she can lock which him is, in. Which is where all the... Um, which is the electrical room. Electrical uh, equipment is so throughout the whole movie after she does that and of course he's crying and he also starts to which, scream which you hear oh yeah over and over again constantly throughout the entire movie that is movie. one of the best sound editing yes. parts of this film is when people like walk away from it you can kind of hear him but yeah. then they walk towards him and it gets louder and yep. it just is always he's never there. not doing that yeah. Be- and what's great too yeah. is that the kid is also shouting lines that make you understand that he is also then succumbing to LSD because he starts to shout crazy things like the monsters are here and whatnot. And here's the thing. Holy shit. The greatest moment in this entire movie for me is the presumed death of the child because at a certain point sick sick man. No, 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 no. I I think I know what you're going to say and it's because the assumption of the other people then that he's dead. Is that what you're going for? I mean, that's part of it but actually I was just saying the actual, the way it plays out and because you like seeing dead children no 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 no, no, no you no, never no, actually no, no. see it so mm-hmm. here's and he doesn't die mm-hmm. too he doesn't mm-hmm. now we don't know that at the time but I'm talking about the sequence in which everybody is dancing and they're fucked up because this is so crazy whatever and a lot of shit has gone down at this point this is the second but dance sequence the power goes out and then everybody puts it together what that means oh. and some of them literally just start screaming Tito's fried Tito's fried because that's the name of the child so the idea that this is just a hilarious joke to them and that oh. their party should still but, continue but we do end this film by finding out that he's still alive true but the and mother actually, the mother because of all her guilt, has committed suicide. Yes, because yes, <laughs> she was under the influence. So while I agree that I actually fucking love that ending, for me, it's the nonchalant, casual camaraderie of everyone just reveling in this child's death. Now, the fact that he's okay, like I don't think that cheapens it at all. Um, no, not I at just all, absolutely love that in media rays of everyone just kind of throwing it out like a punchline. Like this is just another shitty thing that happened on this <laughs> night, and no one's to blame. And ha, like, ha ha ha! Boy, what a Monday! You know? <laughs> so the other the other person who did not drink is a female who we find out she did not drink because she's pregnant. Yes. And yeah. uh, so so here's the an interesting twist, though, because one of the uh, other people who is here comes in, and her friend, and her friend, she's good friends, it seems, with Selva. Mm-hmm. For the most Selva part, seemed the like character. a peacemaker between yeah. all, in the sense that everyone either wants to fuck her or be her. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. saying. So yeah. she's Lady Gaga. So, in my opinion, might not be wrong. So, anyways, uh, she is in there trying to console her and ask her, you know, what's wrong? Are you sick too? Well, no, I'm not sick. I'm pregnant. I haven't had anything to drink. So, another character comes in and then starts to say, wait a minute, we killed the wrong person. You're the one who actually poisoned us because you aren't drinking. So, the fact that it turns around to where. 
this girl, who, the one who is pregnant, has just confided in Selva that she is pregnant and she asks her to not tell anybody. Selva thinks the only way to turn the situation around is to tell her, oh, no, she's pregnant. This girl then says, oh, well, then you didn't poison us. You lied to me. Fuck you, bitch. And she needs her in the stomach. Yes. Well, that makes no sense. But then again, when you're well, on the exactly, you know. and yes, and <laughs> like that may be only this, the this, second worst thing that happens to her. No, but this all happens in like a four second range. Like yeah, it yeah, yeah. really happens fast, and it, there's no way to comprehend it sure. in yeah. real time. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, so then then we see what happens after this. Yeah, which is her. Uh, well, everyone ganging up on her, and then her taking that matter into her own hand, and I think. For me, at least, this is the way I read it. Uh, basically, saying like she doesn't want any baby to be associated with this hellish night, so she also will make sure that a either she'll die or the baby will die. Because first, she just starts beating herself, her stomach up, uh, before well, she even goes to her. Then we cell. have a then we have a creep ass groupthink moment where people are chanting "kill yourself" and shit like that. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, whew, fucking fantastic actual physical effects, which yeah. uh, can still be great. But she starts to cut herself, and the fact that there is just like a small slit in her arm, and then you just slowly see the blood start to yeah, trickle down, right. that was fabulous. I agree. It made I sound it, like a terrible person. But no, but it made it that much more like uncomfortable to watch, because I felt like then that was happening to me, because it looked realistic, sure. and not just like a slasher film. Um, yeah. There's there's so many things we haven't even touched on, which we don't even need to touch on. But like, somebody gets their hair set on fire um, in, in one of the <laughs> yeah. greatest moments in the movie, in my opinion. Um, people obviously hook up. Uh, people get rejected and wanting to hook up. Like this runs the gamut of people. Well, towards the end, when the shit has fucking hit the fan, it turns into an actual bacchanalia, mm. and. People start dancing so crazily and erratically that they start breaking their bones. Yes, and you and it's not like we see people like it's falling over. Off. We don't see people like falling over necessarily in this, but you hear it happening. It's the sound cues. And that, for me, it was a great payoff because I'm still convinced it only really happens to one character in particular. We hear we, we hear bones cracking like six or seven times. And I, I guess for me, I just thought that the sound effect of that was coming from him, no matter who we were yeah, looking at. Be. I guess I'm just wanking that just because of the fact that I thought that was a great payoff to his storyline, which is actually there's one dude who's really not involved with any. I mean, he drinks the sangria, whatever, but he's only ever seen in the background still dancing the entire time. Wow. So by the time it gets to the end, I thought that was his payoff, which is that he's so locked into his dancing that uh, he's completely breaking We've, down and, his and, whole and, body. And we can just, Everybody else is mostly fucking at that point. Yeah, besides him. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. We can get to uh, our final ratings on this because yes. we, we don't need to spend... This is a film I just wanted people, to put this out this there. This is a film that, that people movie exists. <laughs> should, should, if they're interested and in, can stomach what this film's content has, I will say, should watch it, I think. I guess, now, I've seen two of his films and his most notable, and I should say uh, notorious, I think this is slightly easier to stomach than some of his other stuff. Maybe not easier than something like Love, which is just pornographic and I not actually one, yeah. like yeah. violence for the most part. Mm-hmm. But as much as Irreversible only has 10 minutes of brutality and this has 100 minutes of it, the brutality in here is slightly more uh, imaginative and just kind of crazy instead of uh, 
uh, I don't know, gut punching. Except when it is, literally. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I will say, we missed all kinds of things in yeah. terms of this film. Uh, there's an incest storyline happening between brother yeah. and sister where uh, he gets to consummate that yeah. relationship towards the end, finally. Yes. Uh, yes. There is a, a, a racism woman... yes. Nazi storyline happening yes. in the background. There's a woman who will not, we don't know exactly, but explicitly there's something on her skin that she works the entire movie to try to get off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and then there is this little guy who just really wants to have sex with some other man. Yeah. Um, and he finds a nice big man to have hey, sex with. Hey, that was daddy. Daddy. Daddy's one of the only pure people in this movie. It's actually probably true. <laughs> uh, I had a couple, oh, I'm sorry, go on. I'm oh, sorry. no, I, I was just, and, uh, one thing I will say before we, we, and then Dan, we can, we can I just had a couple yeah. questions. No, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I really like about this film is, uh, when we were getting towards the end, I was more than fine with there never being an answer to how the poisoning happened. Mm. But the fact that we get in the very last frame of this film clarity on exactly how it happened, and it just happened to be one of the characters and they just wanted to have a good time with everybody. And in my opinion, actually, <laughs> that character makes the most sense yeah. as far as how they uh, kept to themselves in the background. Um yeah, I thought that was actually pretty great. I didn't need the answer, and yet it fit perfectly. And But one thing I will say about that, and this is a small discussion we had after viewing the film, um, as we have the police arrive at the end and, and hmm. get a glimpse of all this and, you know, the guffawing, like, holy fuck, of everything that's happened. Um, what are the – what the legal culpa- – like, can she go to jail? People died because of this. Yeah, I uh, mean, in in, in this uh, in, reckless uh, endangerment. Perhaps? I was going to say, I told Alex that for me, it was like everybody's culpable on different levels. So, like, she at the very least would be, I would say, some kind of conspirator or to commit. Uh, yeah, what you just said, requisite, but then everybody else is kind of involuntary manslaughter right. because, like, while they may not have known what they were doing, if you held the knife, you know, you led to you know this kind of shit so sure yeah, yeah. so so that, but that that is um it's interesting it is but and I, uh, also too the uh the ending frames of this film uh has the the room completely turned upside down and you're you're watching all the ending <laughs> dancing happening yeah. and then you're seeing the police walk in walk towards you like inception wise completely mm-hmm. upside down um which is probably uh, you know a little on the nose but, yeah, yeah but at the same time it i worked. thought it looked good I was gonna say it looked phenomenal. I thought, I thought the actually the cinematography this one was actually fucking great. What's great about that ending is that it, even if it's on the nose, it works because it's upsetting that the moment in which respite is found, we're still not uh, on normal ground. <laughs> you know, like that should be the moment, even if it's horrific, where right. the denouement is the right. The cavalry you know, comes. Right yeah, in and you're like, it's hey. still not. Um, it's still unsettling because we're not allowed to ground ourselves in it. I will say, um, the the way we find out about the character who has put LSD in, uh, I mean, that, I guess there's probably no better way to clue the audience in that she was the one who did it. But at the same time. Um, it's probably not good if the police come and question her and literally in her bag is a book that says how to have fun with LSD or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, like that was pretty great. Yeah. So, yeah. so Dan, but before we get to our uh, ratings, you had a couple questions? Yeah, a couple quick ones. You mentioned it's an ensemble piece, which I love ensemble pieces, and I, I definitely love ones, especially ones with a large group of characters that have 
largely the same amount of screen time. I mean, some might get a little more. Yep. I was curious, is this like, um, would you guys compare this at all to like some of like Robert Altman's stuff? No. Like a Nashville? I, like, I figured that's exactly like, what you were going to go for. Right. I guess I would in a microscopic sense. What about but this? Part? Well, maybe not that one, no. Never mind. Well, go no, on. but I would say those are similar in that. Um, in that you don't get to know these people. Mm. They only live and die by what they did that night. Sure. It's not like Gosford Park where even if that's a weekend thing, you still kind of have scripted characters. I mean, sure. Gaspar Noe famously lets his characters improvise, and that was right. certainly the case here. Um, so I would say it's not in that same... It, it's the same maybe... Uh, call sheet, <laughs> which is that you have this many people showing up, but they're way more connected. Um, even if they are separate individuals, uh, they're way more connected by the shit that's going down than something like an Altman film, which I would say painstakingly keeps them divided, right. even if they're in the same geographical space. Absolutely. I so, no, I, I would say it's not quite like that. It's It's more akin to a... I don't know. I haven't seen it quite on this level before. It it, it was pretty great in that sense. So I would say not quite. Okay. I was just curious. No, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to see this film. I um, would. And, um, I was going to say, you guys were talking about the um, conversations that are having before the LSD kicks in. Mm-hmm. Have, have either of you guys seen uh, Vanya on 42nd Street? Yes. You have? Uh, yes. It's interesting. Uh, it's It's a play, right? Actually, I would say whatever you're about to say. Unlike the Robert Altman question, my answer, I'm guessing, is yes to those questions. <laughs> so continue. Well, basically, at the the beginning of this, it's um, a group of actors. They walk in. They're wearing street clothes. They, it's in you know New York. And they come in. And some of the actors are like people you'd recognize, like Julianne Moore or uh, the gal who was the kidnapped victim in Silence of the Lambs. She's in it. Uh, Wallace Shawn. A few other people. And they walk in. And they're like getting food. And they're chatting. And it's just very like light and everything. And um, like – they're talking, and then somewhere almost imperceptibly yes. the play starts because the actors are so good, and because they're not wearing costumes. That's one of my favorite moments in cinema. It's so freaking good. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely – and it's so good because it's like – it. I don't know. I guess I already said it. No, no, but it mirrors – or not mirrors. It blurs the line between mm-hmm. when – and I will say – just you bringing that up, while obviously you don't get the exact same vibe here, sure. there is a similar moment in which there isn't a moment in which, quote-unquote, the light goes on, the LSD is hit. You could, I think, ambiguously make the argument that the LSD hit at different times, depending on who you are as a film viewer. Like, sure. I could see some people saying that maybe the LSD hit well before they were having those conversations about sticking it in and that's why they acted the way they did. Right. I'm not saying that that's my rating, but I, I mean I mean the 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 film says it it starts there's a there's really a starting gun and it's actually There's when they start drinking it. Well, no. I, I think, think I think the the film says the true kick in for when is a clear divide, and that is when the character who actually poisoned everybody just starts peeing on the floor. Ah, that is true, I guess, if you're... But that's a rewatch type thing as far as, like... Well, not a rewatch thing, but I feel like a rewatch enhances that moment. Oh, agreed. To, like, obviously... But, 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 for, for, but for me, that was the separation from conversations to actual physical action happening. I could see that. Oh, wait, wait, sure. what's happening? Wait a minute, I don't feel right. Oh, but fuck. that is sure. true in the sense that... Okay, I would agree it's just on a on a narrative level that's probably what ha- or what 
this signpost is. However, it's not like that's how drugs work, where it no everybody then kicks into having. But that's drugs. how films work. But so yes, that, that, yeah. I, I'd agree with that in the sense yeah. that you could still argue though that LSD may have kicked in for oh, absolutely. Some of so okay. sure. So in that sense, it kind of does have echoes of that uh, of the film Vanya and Forty Second Street. So. Interesting. I was just curious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, my favorite movie by Noah is uh, Noah. Have you yeah. seen? Yeah, I think so. Is uh, Enter the Void. And, I um, still want to watch that. I think it's a stone masterpiece. I really regret that I never watched in the theater. I haven't. So. Well, I was just going to say, speaking of crazy credits, I believe it, yeah. it does all its credits in like 15 seconds. Yeah. And it's like. And the other and thing. He does one of those in this movie, too. When uh, he does the all the dancers' names, they all have their own funny logos. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love that shit. I At least some of them do. I dig all yeah. that graphic you know yeah like excess you know but something alex said about how the camera is like a character where it's weaving through and enter the void the camera literally is the character character. it's somebody's soul and uh i remember i talked to tucson about this one time and he didn't much care for the movie but i I think he got a different thing from it than i did um but i think it's a absolute masterpiece i mean it's definitely not for everybody i mean the way it's lit the way it's shot you know if you're not up for it, you might feel a little car sick, you know, or you might be like, this is just totally indulgent. I'm not into it, but it's so brilliant. Yeah. And, um, like if he only did that movie and nothing else, I think he would still be like, wow, that was a masterful film by a master, you know? Um, I haven't seen love, but I don't know. I'm not as interested, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's, I watched the first half hour the other day. Oh, and, okay. Um, it was okay. I'll probably finish it, but I definitely don't feel the need yeah. to. So. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, final so ratings. Final, yeah. final ratings. Uh, I'm going to go with three and a half out of five here. I thought this was a really, really well put together film. Um, even if it's not my kind of movie, it definitely won me over. And uh, I'm interested to see some of his other works. I think I'm going to stomach my way through Irreversible at some point. I and, think you should. Yeah. Especially because I will just downplay it and say that that 10 minute scene is awful, but it's also a 10 minute scene out of the entire rest of the movie. Yeah. And so. I am interested, uh, especially from what Tucson has previously said and, and what Dan just said for Into the Void. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested to see his other works. And, and this is um, somebody knowing what, what kind of film they want to make and playing in that sandbox. And it was uh, very well done and uh, has a lot of moments in here that are great for different reasons. Hmm. So I, I think it's a very interesting film and, and a film that I actually think is, is quite good. So three and a half out of five for me. I'd give it the same rating. Yay. I had a lot of fun with it, if that's the right word. I don't <laughs> know. But uh, just as a technical uh, craft, it was phenomenal in that regard. I thought uh, managing all these different characters in these little mini arcs was uh, honestly brilliant. Yeah, you have to know what you're doing in in order to actually pull it off, and I think he absolutely did. And um, I thought this was a great kind of primer and introduction to Gaspar Noé. Mm -hmm. Like even like it was my first Gaspar Noé film. However. Even just knowing what I know about his other films, I still think I would start somebody here because it. I think there's a reason why A24 picked it up, which mm-hmm. is that it does balance that line between what people know about Gaspar Noé, but also not giving somebody more than they can chew mm-hmm. if they're knowingly sitting down for a, a Gaspar Noé film. It's not like, obviously, it's not shocking or whatever, right. but um, I think a lot of the things like the child dying, I mean, or does it, whatever, but happens off screen, and, and that's kind of where a lot of the terror of this film comes. It's more in what they think they're seeing versus what you're actually seeing. Mm. Having said that, there's still a lot of uh, 
disgusting, brutal violence. So certainly don't go see it if it's not something that sounds like it's up your alley. <laughs> well put. Yeah, three and a half out of five for me. Good stuff. Well, this was a fun little bonus. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dan, for, for sitting in with us and, and asking some great questions. Oh, and, I enjoyed uh, it. Definitely looking forward to seeing it. Good stuff. From uh, myself and Nick, thank you very much for catching up with us here on this bonus episode, and uh, we'll see you next time. Woohoo! Yay!